I'm starting a new series. And uh, I think, I really believe if God opens your eyes to see, there's a lot of things coming to me from the Spirit of God. And I'm thinking, how do I put these things together and to make sense? Because this is really important. I'm titling the message, the new message, uh, Which Plan Shall I Follow? Which plan shall I follow? Which plan shall I follow? There must first be a plan. Amen. Before you can follow. (laughs) Father, we thank you. Minister to us today from your word. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. You are the teacher. And we will listen to your message, what you're saying, what the Spirit is speaking today. In Jesus' name, amen. There must first be a plan before anything constructive, anything beneficial, fruitful, helpful, can be put in place. The one who is doing the planning must be very knowledgeable and must possess all the skills, all the skills and the means to put out the plan. He must be able to envision every step To make the plan happen. Question is. Who is planning your life? Who has the plan for your life? Who possess. Who is the one who possesses the plan for your life right now? Let me let you know this. There's always a plan. There are so many plans. And within a plan is a plan. There's so many plans, and we have to follow these plans in life to be successful. You have a plan for your life. Some of us have been following a plan that we adopted for our life. Some of these plans are not working, and we're wondering what's going on. You have a plan for your life. If you're a young man, your father has a plan for you. Your mother has a different plan for you as well. Your friends and and your brothers and sisters, they have what they think is the best plan for your life. Besides that, God himself has a plan for your life. He created you. He has a plan for your life. Guess who else has a plan for your life? The devil himself has another plan, an elaborate plan for your life. So it behooves you to choose a plan to follow. But before you adopt a plan to follow, think about this. If you go with your feelings and how you really feel, you might choose the wrong plan. If you go by the in thing, what everybody says 
is happening right now and you want to get you might pick the wrong plan because that will change with time so before you pick your plan you need to think about what you're doing secondly i want you to think about this you didn't choose who your parents must be when you were born into this planet somebody else did for you amen you didn't choose the city the county the state or the country that you have decided i want to be born in the united states that was not your choice somebody else made that choice for you you had nothing to do with it you couldn't control that somebody else did that for you you had no choice with regards to who you wanted for your brother or your sister somebody else did that for you your neighborhood who to be your friends if you live in africa it's hard to have friends living in the united states and in houston god planned all of that for you My, what i'm saying to you is if he planned all of that for you and you had nothing to do with it guess what also he has for you he planned your life he planned your life and you will do best in life if you can discover his plan for your life and adopt that plan if you choose any other plan even if it's from your father it will be the wrong plan because he created you and brought you into this world listen to these scriptures here proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 it says there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death just because it seems good doesn't mean it's good it could lead to death you need to find out the way of god what plan god has for your life you don't have any control over it if it's, if if you knew that it was going to lead to death you wouldn't have taken that path but you had no idea and the only way to be safe is to take god's plan for your life listen to this other scripture proverbs 19 verse 21 there are many plans in a man's heart god is saying this there are many plans in a man's heart nevertheless the lord's counsel that will stand what he's saying god's plan that's the only thing that can stand can, that will stand remember what jesus said in, in matthew chapter 7 it says everyone who hears these sayings of mine and you go after those sayings i will liken you to be what a wise man who built his life on the rock in other words you've heard his word you've chosen this plan you adopted this plan what you are actually doing is building your life on the rock because in life troubles will come the wind will blow painful things will come into your life difficult times will come and jesus said if you are not planted on the rock guess what's gonna happen they knock you over it's only what god plans that will stand if you stay with that you'll be standing when it's all over but if you don't you're gonna fall you're gonna be taken by 
everything that's happening around you. Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, A man's heart, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. So really, no matter what you plan, God is the one that's going to direct your steps. If you give it to him, he will lead you slowly into what he created you for. Everybody that's born into the earth from God, God has a plan for your life. I had a hard time. I wanted to know exactly what God planned for me. I really wanted to know. I just kept doing whatever. And, you know, get this degree. Because everybody said, if you go and you have this degree, you got a good job. So we're running for a good degree. Oh, wow. If you got a doctoral degree, it'll make it even better. Well, I need that doctoral degree. And then afterwards, God says, now you're going to be a preacher. Not a scientist. And I'm thinking, boy, I wish I knew this while I was a little boy, you know. <laughs> Make it really easy. I don't have to waste all of those years, you know. But it's God's plan that will stand. I, I, basically, I don't regret anything because I knew God was all there all along. Directing my path. So that I can be, be what God created me to be. God has a plan for your life. And you have to understand this. Anything that God plans ends up glorious. If God has his finger in it, when it's all over, it's going to be glorious. Something for people to marvel at. When he begins, it, just, it never makes sense. I mean, you know that. Because sometimes you're wondering, is God really in this? Or you almost want to abandon it. Because it doesn't make sense. But if he's in it, when it's all over, it will be glorious. And for every human being born into this world, God has a glorious plan for your life. What we've done is we have chosen other plans based on what we know and what people are saying to us and we end up frustrated in life and doing things that are not beneficial to us. If anyone can talk to us about the plan of God for a man's life, Jeremiah can. And I want to use Jeremiah to let you know something about this God that you serve. Jeremiah tells us this. In Jeremiah 1 verse 4 through 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Meaning, I set you apart for what I created you to do in life. Before I formed you, I knew you. And I set you apart for my purpose, for your life. Every one of us has a different purpose. And I've got to find what that purpose is for which God created me. So I don't live a frustrated life. Because he built everything into you when he created you for that purpose. So when you try to do something else because some other person is doing it, 
He didn't build you for that. And you are going to suffer frustration. I got to find out what it is. And I'm going to show you how to find out. How many want to know how to find out? I want to find out what that is. I want to be able to know so that I don't have to look to the left or to the right. I can run after this because this is exactly what he created me to do. If I knew this, I would have been a preacher for a long time. (laughs) Because I love to talk to people about God from the time I got saved. I'll talk your ears off. You have to tell me to be quiet. Or run away from me like some of my brethren were doing when uh, when I was newly saved. They ran from me. Here he comes. Whoops. He says, before you were born, I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart. Before you were born, I knew you before. I formed you in your mother's womb. And before you came out, I, had, I set you apart. For what I created you to do. I ordained you. A prophet to the nations. Now, when God ordains, what it mean, what he's saying is, I empowered you. For Jeremiah, he was to be a prophet to the nation. But for you, it's a different calling. But when he calls you, he empowers you to do exactly what he had called you to do. We have to recognize this. He will empower you. God will not ordain you to do anything without anointing you to do it he he doesn't do stuff that way he will anoint you both in the natural and spiritually to do what he has called you to do that's the god we serve he said i sanctify i ordained you a prophet to the nations is then this is jeremiah speaking is then said i ah lord god behold i cannot speak For I am a youth. I don't have experience. I don't have the education. I don't have the PhD. I can't do it. I have an accent. Who's going to understand what I got to say? I can't do this. I'm a youth. But the Lord. Say with me, but. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Because I have ordained you. It's not how you feel. I ordained you. I've already empowered you. God says, don't never say that. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. God is saying, don't ever say I'm weak. That's not for a child of God. Can I hear an amen? You cannot be weak as a child of God. If you are feeling weak, don't say it. God says, let the weak say, I am strong. Because when it comes out of your mouth, you just received your medicine to get strong. So God was telling him, I ordained you. How dare you say that? I empowered you to do what I called you to do. You cannot let that come out of your mouth. Don't ever say that. Because if you continue to say that, you will frustrate God's anointing upon your life. And you won't fulfill what he's called you to do. God said, don't say that. Don't say I am poor. Can I hear an amen? Because the Bible says, 
You know the grace of God. How that Jesus was rich. But for your sakes, for your sakes, for your sakes, for my sake, for your sake, he became poor. That you, that my life, you through his poverty might become rich. Don't you ever say that spiritual poverty, Jesus was never spiritually poor. That would be blasphemy. He was materially poor. And Paul was talking about money. Giving an offering to the work of God. Paul was talking about money when he gave us that scripture. He says, you know the grace of God. How that Jesus was rich, but for your sake, he became poor. That us, through his poverty, through what God put him through, through the atonement on the cross, we might become rich. How rich? That's up to your imagination and what you can handle. And some of us, when God blesses us, we won't go back, be back in church. And they say, God is blessing me so much, I don't even have time to go to church. Satan has gotten into your blessing. That's what's happened. But he called you and ordained you and empowered you to do whatever. And it doesn't really matter. Whatever he empowers you to do will prosper if you follow after it. I've often said it here. There are rich businessmen and there are poor businessmen. It just depends. There are people who have been empowered. They, they have the wisdom. But they really can put things together to get things going for them. In every field in life, every field, among teachers, there are teachers that are making it very well. They are wealthy. And then you also have teachers that don't can, 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 they can't make it. In every field, in real estate, some of them are making millions. And then there are others that are really scratching. It just depends. If you find what God has created you to do, and you run after it, whether you are unbeliever or not, it works for you. It works for you. It works for you. It's just the way it is. Because he formed you. All he wants is for you to give him glory in what you're doing. What he created you to do. Amen. Do not say, I am but a, a, a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. In other words, when God calls you to do anything, whatever it is, you are going to meet with a position. Sometimes your position comes from inside the family. Can I hear an amen? That's when it's really painful. What makes you think you can do whatever you're saying? You're dreaming. And it's from, from within the family. And then you begin to doubt the abilities that God has given to you. Wondering whether you should even take any step. Because you know, if it doesn't work, they're going to laugh at you, right? We told you so, okay? And so you're afraid. I don't want to even try because I don't want them to say something. You need to just ignore everybody. Amen? Find out what that is. Ignore everybody and go after it. Because God will make it glorious. So the best thing is to follow God's plan. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the same Jeremiah telling us, now he talked about God dealt with him and told him why he was created. 
And then now Jeremiah is turning and speaking to us. Amen. What God has for you in life. And he has the right because God had already worked his plan in his life. And Jeremiah now is telling us what God can do for you. He says, for I, God is speaking, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Pastor Andy read that message. I thought he was going to preach my message this morning. But praise God he stopped. <laughs> oh yeah. I was glad he stopped. But it says, God says, I know. I'm not confused about the plan I have for you. I know the plan I have for you. I created you that way. I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you. And then he tells you the nature of the thoughts that he has for you. He says thoughts of peace. You know what that means? Thoughts of prosperity. Shalom. Every area of your life beautified. Every area of your life set in order. God says, that's all I think about you. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I know you've made mistakes. You messed up in the past, but I still love you. I don't think anything bad about you. All I'm thinking is something good. Thoughts of peace. Thoughts of prosperity all around you. To give you. He says, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. You see, God has a plan. When God says, I'm going to give you a future, that's, if, if, if Bill Gates tells you, I have a plan for your future, we know what that means in America, right? How many don't understand that? <laughs> If Bill Gates calls your home today and says, that's your son, I have a plan for him for his future. I'm sure you won't sleep that night. <laughs> You'll be calling everybody, including pastor, <laughs> to tell him what's happened. Huh? But this is God Almighty. He has a plan for your future. And that future has got to be great. He says to give you not just a future, but a hope. I used to wonder, well, that, does that mean we're all hopeless? No. What God is saying, that came to me as I meditated on that. What God is saying is something that you can only hope for. <laughs> He's so big, it's just in your dreams. You understand what I'm saying? Wow, if God can do this for me, I'll be okay. That's what God's saying here. Not because you're hopeless. It's to give you something that you can only dream of. That's what God is saying. Today, you know, I'm amazed at what God is doing in the world. It truly amazed. And I'm being very frank with you. This is, this has amazed me. Because I've lived in the U.S. since uh, late 70s, just about 1980. And I used to hear preachers say things like this, you know. If you really believe in this God blessing and prosperity gospel that you are preaching, that's in the United States. Why don't you go to Africa and preach that? And everybody agreed. Yeah. If he's really real and God can bless them like that, let them go to Africa and preach. Because in Africa, people are, everybody's poor. Right? You see them on television, the way they, put, they portray them, you know, with the, you know, big stomach and skinny legs and all of that. And, and, and then everybody's poor. But do you know, in Africa today, I have a friend that I grew up with in the same city. 
He has a ministry doing God's work. He was plucked from among us. Crazy fellow. He was a dope smoker. I mean, I mean, he was hopeless. If the way we thought, this guy, he's, he's crazy. But when God called him, everyone knew. He went after it like crazy. Drew all the young people because everybody knew how terrible he was. I just heard word from my brother. He has a jet now. I live in America. I'm only dreaming of a jet. <laughs> He's in Africa doing what God called him to do. Now he has a jet. That's not the standard, but this is what God can do. How can an, in America, how can a preacher now say, if you believe in that, God blessing you, go to Nigeria and preach that. Well, there are people, ministries that even have more than one jet in the ministry. And they're not asking for the U.S. to contribute to their jets. God is giving it to them right there. I'm making a point. When God calls you to do something, and you know what he's called you to do, and you go after it with all of your heart, and don't hold back. Don't let people distract you. Go after God and what he's called you to do. When God is through with you, you will be the envy of your family. That's the way God is. It's so small. But when he's through, that's what everybody will be talking about. Another thing is, it's never too late with God. Amen. That's why I'm encouraged, okay? Because I went all over the place before I became a preacher. <laughs> I'm encouraged. It's never too late with God. God can accomplish in one year what you've been struggling to accomplish in 50 years. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you are young and God begins with you right now, ooh, I wonder how, where you'll be when he's through with you. It's better to start young. That's why Ecclesiastes says, remember the Lord your creator in the days, in the days of your youth. Remember him when you're still young. Before the evil day draws near. This is the time. But God has a plan for your life. And that's what he's told us. I think about the life of Moses. When Moses was born, the children of Israel in Egypt had multiplied from about 70 to 75 people that came with Jacob into that place, including Joseph and his children, about 75. Acts of the Apostles, Stephen tells us, 75 people. And they, over 400 years, they had grown to about 3 million people. And Pharaoh was very concerned. And, and called the midwives and told them, you know, destroy their male children when they come out. But the midwives feared God and, and they wouldn't do it. And so when Pharaoh discovered it, he changed his plan. He said, just throw them into the river. Leave the girls, but if it's a male child, throw him into the river. That was what was happening when Moses was conceived. At the height of Pharaoh's oppression, 
a deliverer was conceived. At the height of Satan's oppression in your life, Jesus is very close for a great deliverance. God will deliver you. I, I can think about Moses' mother. What she was thinking when she was pregnant with that child. I'm sure she's wondering, well, today we can find out if it's going to be a boy or a girl, right? Well, in that time, they had no way of knowing until the child was born, right? They had no way of knowing. And so, um, as you can imagine, for nine months, this woman is thinking, I hope it's a girl. If it's a boy, I don't know if I can tolerate the pain that I will have to go through. That child will be, put me through pain for the rest of my life because they'll take my boy and destroy him. She was in pain. Every day, thinking about it. But God has a plan for every life. And for the life of Moses. When, she was, when he was born, she looked at him, was a beautiful child, don't know how beautiful, but I believe that she saw something in him. Amen? Other women were give, freely giving off their children, their male children. But Moses' uh, Moses's parents thought, uh-uh, not this one. Hebrews chapter, chapter 11 verse 23 says, By faith they hid Moses for three months. Everything that you do in life is by faith. Amen? By faith they hid him three months. They were not afraid of Pharaoh's wrath. So Moses was safe three months because of their faith. But after three months, the parents thought, we can't hide him anymore. We got to do something about this. And they put Moses in an ark, a little ark, and placed the ark at the bank of the river where other children were being thrown to drown. Today, by the grace of God, you are in the ark. Amen? <laughs> so you don't have to drown. <laughs> Amen. This is the ark. The house of God. Jesus is the ark of God. When you enter into Jesus, they may all drown, but you will be safe in that ark. For Moses, this was a tiny ark put at the bank of the river. At this time, Moses' mother said to the daughter, Miriam, please go and check and see what was going to happen to this child. They had no clue as to what was going to happen to Moses. The fear, just watching. He could lose his life. And they, they were powerless to do anything, just watching. Moses was at the brink of death. Many of us have been at the brink before by the banks of the river. I mean, have been there. Everything seems hope, seemed hope, hopeless. 
you just grab, you know, trying to hold on to straws because there's nothing really solid to hold on to. Nothing guaranteed. But if God has a plan for your life and you are in the ark, nobody can mess with your life. Amen. Nobody can. You may be experiencing difficult times right now. Painful times. Hopeless times. You're wondering, how am I going to get out of this? Lock into God's plan. Lock into God's plan. You are already in the ark. Jesus is the ark of God. You can never drown going with his plan for your life. It's impossible for you to drown. Moses was in that ark crying. But safe. Amen. And then the deliverer, Pharaoh's daughter, was in our, on her way. You have to be in Christ. In his plan. So that every time you're crying, he hears from heaven. Amen. And he sends the deliverer to help you. Because God had a plan. I'm going somewhere with this beast. Bear with me. Bear with me. Pharaoh's daughter came in. And she saw the ark. Possibly heard the baby crying. And she was drawn to it. The ark. And she picked up the ark. Miriam was watching. Probably wondering. It's all over. <laughs> Not when you are in the ark. Not when you are in Jesus. It's never over. God will always take care of you. She heard the baby crying. And she opened the ark up. The strange thing is, she knew it was a Hebrew baby. She knew that. You know how? That baby had been circumcised the eighth day. <laughs> Amen? The baby had been circumcised by the Jewish tradition on the eighth day. That was it. And so she opened it. Oh, a Hebrew baby. You think that's the end of it? She said it. This is one of the Hebrew babies. And Miriam was hearing it. But instantly, Miriam had a formula. Amen? She said, hey, can I call a Hebrew woman to take care of the baby for you? <laughs> In other words, I'm promoting my brother to be a prince. Amen. When God is involved, you can never tell what's going to happen the next minute. A situation where you are staring death in the face can be transformed where you are transformed from death. Now you are in the palace. Remember Joseph? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God can do these things if you follow his plan. It's never too late. It's never too late. Don't get discouraged. Stay strong in God. Dig deeper and watch what God do. He'll launch you into outer space for his glory. Choose his plan. Choose his plan. Cry out for his plan. Cry out, God, what do you really want from me? I'm selling out. I'm, I'm, these days I tell the Lord, everything is for you. I only live for you now. I've done everything I want to do. This is just how, that's all I need to live for. I live for you and I want to see my children. 
and every child that is in the Ark Fellowship, you're my child, amen? Your children are my children as well. I'm looking out for you. I'm praying for you. I want to see that. That's all I live for. For God, amen? And so, you know this story. She agreed. Hebrew tradition tells us that the Jews believed that Pharaoh had only one daughter. And that was that girl. And so, the mother took care of Moses. Raised Moses. And got paid by the enemy for it. Because she said, I'll pay you for your, for, your, for your work. That's how God, we read these stories and we just say, oh, how nice. I wish God still does stuff like that today. He's doing it. We're just not believing. He can transform your circumstance. He can change your situation. That's the God we serve. Never give up. Never give up. It's never too late. God's still at work. One day you sleep and things were so dark. You wake up the next day. The whole world is changed. Because God has touched your situation. So she took care of Moses. That's where I'm going. She took care of Moses and got paid for it. And she was faithful. When Moses, when Moses became a man, she took Moses back to her adopted mother. And Moses was the prince. Now why am I going this way? Moses had two nations in him. He was raised by a Jew. He knew he was a Jew, right? And then he left there and went to Pharaoh's palace where he was raised as an Egyptian. An Egyptian prince being groomed and educated in the highest university in the universe. At that time, trained by Pharaoh, how marvelous God's plans are. They paid for his training. Amen. Trained him. So, but Moses had two nations inside of him. If you will have it, two separate plans. Pharaoh's plan for his life, and Pharaoh is a type of Satan, and God's plan for his life. And we. Together in this? Yes. That was, he was a Jew and he was an Egyptian as well. Pharaoh had his plan for his life. You're going to be a king. You're going to rule over the world. But God also has a different plan for him. You're going to be a deliverer. And guess what? Moses knew both plans. He was familiar with both plans. He knew what God's plan was for his life. And he knew what Pharaoh's plan was for his life. Moses knew. How? Because he didn't take him too long to go out to try to deliver the brother, his brethren. You know the story? He was out trying to do what God called him to do. He knew what he was supposed to do. These things are not hidden. God will always let you know what he's called you to do. 
it's not difficult to find out if you really want to know. Most of the time, we don't want to know. Like I used to hear uh, in churches earlier when I came to the United States, I'm afraid to get saved because if I get saved, God may call me to be a missionary in Africa. I mean, you've heard that before. I used to get really mad when they said that in church in testimony. I used to get really mad. I said, what's wrong with Africa? I came from there. What's your problem? But I heard it all the time. It's our testimony time. Yeah, I was afraid of, being, of, of giving my life to Christ. I was afraid he would send me to Africa, the jungles. Well, I didn't live in the jungle. I mean, this, is, this is funny. I will tell this joke and I move on. But this guy was asking me, do you have three houses in Africa? I was looking at him like, huh? I decided, well, I, let me play this game with him. I said, yeah. He said, really? His eyes were wide. Really? I said, yeah. And then I said to him, uh, you realize President Carter visited Africa, Nigeria? He said, he did? It's like, where did this plane land? No, kid. <laughs> I said, yeah. He did. He visited our country. And we gave him a tree house to live in. Air-conditioned tree house. He said, oh, get out of here. <laughs> now get him. <laughs> but Moses was a man with two plants inside of him. And he had to make a choice. And the Bible told, tells us what he decided to do. It said in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. This is why I'm going to close. I'm going to continue with this next week because I have other things I want to share with you with regards to this. It says, by faith, say it with me, by faith. Everything you do for God has got to be by faith. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, I am not an Egyptian. I'm not following that plan. Choosing is a choice. Rather, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. In other words, there was a lot of partying and everything going on. He didn't want that. He knew deep inside God had called him to be a deliverer. And he was going to follow that well. Now let me just say this as I close. The reason why most people don't accept God's plan is because most of the time, in the initial stages of his plan, it's never pleasant. Sometimes it's extremely painful. God has always done it that way. Always done it that way. But he has a plan for your life. If you will surrender for the, uh, to the plan today and you decide I'm going to go after God's plan for my life, you watch what God will do. He'll take you through a training time so that you can bear under this huge plan he has for you. And he knows 
without the training, you cannot handle it. Remember Joseph? God had a plan for his life. Gave it to him when he was a little boy. But had them trained with real difficult times. And then when he was fully ready, overnight, God brought him to the fruition of his plan. That's the way God is. Jesus, he had to go through a difficult time also. It was really dark. Almost hopeless, seemingly. But when he rose the third day, the plan was in place. And look, you are here right now in his presence. Because he stayed with the plan for his fa- from his father. He stayed with it. Even if he had to suffer. The Bible says for the joy that was placed before him, he endured the cross. There's always, there's always a cross with God's plan. Sometimes you have to run away from friends. Sometimes you have to stay away from people that you truly love and they criticize you and it's painful. But stay with the plan. Stay with God. Because when it's all over, you will, they and you will have reasons to be very thankful to God. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. God has a plan for your life. Even if you missed it in the past, God, who is eternal, can give you a new beginning. Beginning this morning. You can have a new beginning this morning. I'm grateful God gave me a new beginning. So grateful that he gave me a new beginning. And he's been giving me several new beginnings. And they're all glorious and I'm very grateful to him. God wants to give somebody this morning a new beginning. Why don't you submit to his plan? Don't lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 3 makes it clear. Don't lean on what you can see and your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not some of it, all of your heart. He'll bring this plan to pass. He won't disappoint you. He won't disappoint you. He will not. Stand up with me this morning. I'm going to ask those who need God's plan in their lives. You want to turn it all over to the Lord God Almighty. You're saying, God, I need you. I don't know the future because in the world, you can watch on television, they're telling you different plans to follow. But is that what God created you for? Do you even know what God created for you? Was God's plan for your life? All heads bowed this morning. All heads bowed this morning. And please know that God himself is here among us. This is not just church. He is here with us. And take him seriously. Many people are not taking God seriously. But God is. God is. This morning, if you have not made a decision to have Jesus in your life, a conscious decision to have Jesus come into your life, you need to do that this morning. You need to ask Jesus into your life. You will not regret it. You've been doing it your way. But today, God is giving you opportunity to start all over. And watch God. Watch God and see what he will do with you. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. And you're here this morning and you say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to get hold. I want to take hold of that plan for my life. I want to know that plan. I need Jesus 
in my life this morning. I need him to come into my life. I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not holding back. I'm turning everything to him. I'm not looking to the right or to the left. I'm not looking at what the brother is doing or what my sister is doing. I'm coming to God with all of my heart. I'm not holding back. If that's you this morning, at the count of three, I need you to put your hands up, your hand up, and God will see that hand and he will immediately take a hold of your hand and he is going to bless you. If that's you this morning, give your life, turn your life over to the Lord and watch God. Watch him walking with you. At the count of three, put your hand up quickly. One, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. I need you to come and be here with me. I saw you, young man. Come in. Don't be ashamed. God will do a walk with you. I saw you back there. Come on, come on. Those of you, come on. Those of you here, come up, come up, come up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, young man. Come on, come on. God bless you. God bless you. God has a walk. You're young. You're giving everything to God. You know, you made God happy this morning. That's amazing. God had a smile. And he has a plan for your life. Thank you so much. Now, come up here with me. I love brave people like you. <laughs> Amen. If you're here this morning and saying, I'm not sure if I'm really living God's plan for my life. But you want to surrender so that God can deposit that in your heart. Today, I need you to come up here. Come up here. Just come here. Join me. Come up. Don't hesitate. Come. You need God's plan for your life. I need you to come up. Sometimes we are too conscious of what people are thinking. And we are hindering the move of God in our lives. What, what does it matter what they think? What does it matter what they think? That's what I, what I mean when I say I have nothing to prove to anybody. I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to be myself. That's the important thing. <clears throat> Please go down there and join them. That's so important. I think there are still some of you out there, you know, you're, you're, you're not sure you're working God's plan. You're frustrated and you know it. Why don't you let God release that from you? Just because of people? Why don't you come out and join God's people here? Join God's people here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Many times in church, people think, you know, it's, it's something the pastor has to prove something. People come up here. That's not, that's not an issue with me. I want to see God at work in my life and in your life. That's what is important. And when we surrender before God and we come before Him, He hears us. You may not feel anything, but I tell you, He's already started to do something in your life. And the way God is, when He starts something, he doesn't quit until he's perfected. That's the way God is. God doesn't start anything and quit. He starts and he's going to perfect it. Till everyone can see and give glory to him. Amen. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning.
thank you, Lord God. Would you say with me, thank you, God. I came up here to obtain your plan for my life. Lord, deposit that plan right now into my spirit. Let it well up into my mind. Open my eyes so that I can see. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, let me tell you this. Because Jesus said this, that's why I have no doubt. You may feel nothing right now, but Jesus said, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. So believe that you have received. God may choose to speak to you in different ways. He may come to you in the form of a dream at night. Write it down. You may be praying and something says, I want to talk, talk to you. Get a pen. Write it down as fast as you can. Now what that is, I'm being real open to you, it's like you're making it's your own thoughts. But it's coming like somebody speaking to you. Write as fast as you can. Don't be concerned about grammar. Just write as fast as you can. Because you will be amazed when it's over. He's done that with me. So I want to share that with you. He may choose some, to bring somebody else to say what he's already spoken in your heart and to bring it to light. That's what I believe God's doing with you this morning. Amen. Let's lift our hands up. Everyone here, let's give God thanks and give him praise. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. You are risen from the dead. You are alive forevermore. You are the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You are Alpha and Omega. You're here with us this morning. And you are dealing with your people. You are taking us and transforming our lives from glory to glory. Your spirit is at work in us. Thank you, Father. I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer for our young brother. But if you were in the congregation and didn't offer to receive Christ, but you really want to receive Christ this morning, I need you to pray this prayer with me. Because God's going to hear you where you're standing. Amen? But mean it from the heart. Mean it from the heart. If you mean it, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will all come to make their dwelling with you. And deposit in you that confidence. Pray with me. Pray with me. And mean it from the heart. Say with me, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I confess that I'm a sinner. But I also know that your Son... Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. He bore my sins. Based on that, I'm asking that you forgive me my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Fill my life with your Holy Spirit. Open my eyes so that I can see Open my ears so that I can hear. Open my understanding so that I can grasp all that you have for me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...
God bless you, and we're dismissed.